You are listening to the sound of freedom. freedom. Welcome to Talk Sucker, episode 25, season 3. With me, as always, is Leo. Here. And James. Here. And I'm P. And today we have a special episode, right? Leo, do you want to get into it? Do you want to... Well, today we watched Dog Day Afternoon. And? And now. True. Now, this wasn't today, but today in the terms of today for this episode, because it was actually like weeks ago. You know how time is in the, uh, the pandemic, you know? Yeah. It's like it happened, but then it was like some time has passed. It's James's busy season, so that's why, you know? And I think that it was a fitting double feature as like one sort of serious film from the 70s and another kind of goofy film from, when is it and out from? I think 91 or something, like early 90s. 91, early 90s. Okay. James suggested in and out is a movie that you'd watch, right? Why don't you say what your personal experience is with in and out? Nothing special. I just watched it and remembered it was a gay movie. I think we were talking about, oh, what's her name? Joan Cusack? Yeah, Joan Cusack. We were talking about her and I was like, oh, that's a Joan Cusack movie. 97. 97. Wow. Later than I thought. Yeah, a lot later than you thought. Was that because when you went back and watched it, you thought it seemed older? I guess 97 makes sense. That's like when Ellen came out about that same time. Was that like 96, 97? I thought it was much earlier, but I don't remember. Yep. And Leo, your experience with In-N-Out and with Dog Day Afternoon is that you hadn't seen either of them. Yep. And now you have. Yep. Okay. If you had to just, just if you had to make an analogy, In-N-Out is to Dog Day Afternoon the way any two things. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Something we could think about. I don't know either, you know? I'm not certain. I had seen In-N-Out before once with James because he was like, oh, I watched this movie and it was like about this gay story. I don't know if I'd seen it before then. I forgot what happened in it if I had. It's a guy who he's straight, presumably, and he is an acting teacher or he coaches plays and stuff like that, played by Kevin Kline. And then one of his acting students wins an award and is like, I want to thank my teacher. He's gay. I love it. Or I love you. It's something or something, right? Yeah. He's an English teacher who also does theater at like a small town high school. And then his... In what? Where? Like New England? Yeah. Somewhere in New England, I think. I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. Do you both remember growing up in New England and just like going apple picking and things like that? Seeing the fall... Festooning? No. no, no, wait, what, no? Leo, what about you? I've never seen Fall. Oh, really? He's never seen an apple. Oh, Leo. I feel like there are some streets in LA where one can approximate Fall, and I feel like if you want, we can take a ride out and see them sometime. So it's in a New England town, and I'm just kidding. My upbringing wasn't that like delightful. When I think about it, I just think of like times that I was like, freezing. Your parents are delightful. <laughs> oh, they are for sure. Uh, with droll people. I remember one time when I was a kid and it was like so cold and my boots kept getting wet. So I was wearing like plastic bags to like insulate my feet. I used rubber bands to like keep them sealed at the top, but they were way too tight. And so my feet like it started like fall asleep and I was like out in the wilderness, you know, like running around in the snow and being like, oh my God, my feet feel so crazy. I have to like cut these rubber bands off of my feet. 
So the movie came out five months after Ellen did. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Interesting. So gayness was all the rage. It was. Okay. Well, I mean, I think it came out two months after the Ellen show was canceled. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it was uh, directed by Frank Oz. Frank Oz, the voice of uh, Yoda? Uh-huh. Weird. Hmm. Interesting. And then it's got... You're always amazed when I know nerd uh, minutia, right? A little bit. Yeah. I'm um, always amazed when we know anyone's name that's ever been in a movie ever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what a minutia is. <laughs> Ooh, that could be one of your drag names. Because Leo came up with a great drag name the other day. Leo? Inertia. Isn't that great? Inertia is a good drag name. Yeah. That's a good one. And when he has to doll up a sister for the challenge, what was the word you just said right now? Oh, minutia? Yeah. If she's smaller than you, she could be minutia. Or maybe if she's goofily large, she could be called minutia, and that could be the joke. I should give drag race comedy classes to anyone who's going to be on drag race. Don't you think I could up anyone's yeah, game for snatch for game? Sure. 100%. Yeah. I think of the funniest things to say as your character, and everyone always gets it wrong when RuPaul sets them up for, like, the greatest answer of all time. Right? Yeah. We don't have to do it now. I'll do it some other time. And that was the disappointing thing about Drag Race Canada. The runway banter was truly terrible. Mm -hmm. The runway banter was spotty. I thought some of it was, like, delightfully, like, heartwarming, but I thought that it was really spotty, and that the puns, that was, like, the... The part that was sorely lacking was like the comedy, like references to their outfits for sure. That's yeah. What you mean, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. The runway puns. Yeah. yeah. Not to tell you what you mean. I just mean, yeah. It was really bad. Someone at home was like, why didn't they say pun way? <laughs> Turning these jokers off, <laughs> climbing off their angry treadmill. Okay. No, we can't afford to have one person turn it off. That's 20% of our audience. <laughs> yeah, right. We actually have a, a bizarrely diverse audience. Mm-hmm. People with VPNs in all sorts of countries. Uh, ooh. that's that thing where you can see like their like underwear or something like that <laughs> yeah that's why you wear thongs so there's no vpn <laughs> ew are underwear lines like a pressing issue for normal people or straight people or women in general uh, so i've heard like visible panty lines are a thing that make no sense to me i've the, never looked for them the thing is you'd be like oh because they make you think that this person's wearing an outfit that hugs their body and they're wearing underwear which are right next to their like naked body but then you're like i don't want to think about that so to know that they're not doing that i want to know that they have a piece of cloth up their butt and i'm going to check to make sure that there's no lines on the side of their dress i think that's such a bizarre thing no i don't know it makes no sense straight people are not okay they're not <laughs> check out the reddit <laughs> i've never seen it but it are the straight fun. people okay Oh. It's a bunch of just, like, people being, like, jealous and making assumptions that, like, the least thing makes them gay or oh. being really toxically into gender roles. Yeah, it's... Anyway. So... I was going to just go back for a second to the plot and outline of this movie and what happens and it just for people that haven't seen it, because I don't know how big a movie is it. Oh, and, yeah. So Kevin Klein plays the English teacher who does theater at the small town. His... Uh, can I ask, what is Kevin Klein most famous to you for? A Fish Called Wanda? Okay, that's a totally solid, good answer. I think A Fish Called Wanda is the last time someone died from laughing in a movie theater, if I'm not mistaken. And the time before that, I think, was Ancient Greece. Very possibly. Something like that. Leo, had you ever heard of In-N-Out before? No. Had you ever heard of Kevin Klein before? No. Have you ever heard of Phoebe Cates? No. Have you heard of Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Maybe. Okay, we're on the board. Might same be language. on the board. We speak the same language, me and these young people. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, so Kevin Klein's student wins an Oscar for doing like a gay movie that seems like a Philadelphia slash Forrest Gump type thing. 
sort of a heavy-handed but large commercial studio project with gay themes, most likely like the AIDS crisis. Yeah, exactly. Some sort of coming-out story, AIDS crisis, sort of catch-all Hollywood idea of a gay movie. Yeah, he plays a military veteran who falls in love with a soldier and gets like court-martialed. And I might be mistaken, but is the actor type played by Matt Dillon? Yeah, it is. Okay. And so he wins an Oscar. Everyone in the town watches mm-hmm. the Oscar ceremony because he's from their town. For people at home, Matt Dillon is the brother of Johnny Drama from Entourage. Wow. Matt Dillon is like on his treadmill right now, choking on whatever he's doing. <laughs> choking <laughs> on whatever like nutritional smoothie he's drinking to stay so youthful looking. Okay. Uh, And so he thanks his English teacher for being gay. And his English teacher does have quite a few gay mannerisms. He's a little bit a feet, well-groomed. And in the 90s, if you were well-groomed and a man, that coded as gay. Although to me, he looked like a nebbish gender. Well, not gender-free because he looked like the idea of, you know, if a doll with no genitalia were an English teacher. You know what I mean? Like... Wearing, like, sweater vests and things like that. Just looking like a high school teacher, right? But that was coded as gay in the 90s. If you remember Friends, the whole thing was, like, Chandler. Chandler was gay? No. I never saw every episode of Friends. (laughs) I understand that Friends is a spectrum. Wait, is that what they say? No. No, wait, no, 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 no. They say that sexuality is a... What do they say when they say that thing? Not, not... The gay pride logo is a rainbow which is the spectrum of colors is that what you're talking about no like when they talk about being on the spectrum no 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 like about how one could be interested in one thing at one point and then in different things at another time they say it in movies sometimes so like you know sexuality is a not journey i don't know i feel like there's some phrase that gets used for this no i'll look it up later and we'll see what it is either way kevin klein's character yeah i mean he's really into is he actually gay though The character, yes. He does not know it at first. At first, he's offended. He's like, how dare these people, like, say that I'm gay because I do this. Well, because he is engaged, in fact, to... Joan Cusack's character. Joan Cusack's character, yeah. But then... um, Hang on, Leo, is Joan Cusack famous to you? No. Even though we talk about her relentlessly? Yes. You know, we talk about her often, and I have really fond memories of Joan Cusack. And then we went through her IMDb... And I couldn't find very many credits of movies that I'd want to watch. James suggested we do a Joan Cusack movie marathon. And after reviewing her IMDb, I was like, it would be like a bizarre, it would be an episode of Only Kenna, because it'd be like, sure, that Joan Cusack's in all of them, but like, you wouldn't call them Joan Cusack movies. She just happens to be in them. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. That's weird. He's engaged Joan Cusack, who lost 100 pounds to fit into her wedding dress. They've been engaged for like four years and haven't had sex. Oh, really? Because he wants to wait for marriage? Because he wants to wait for marriage. Weird, okay. And so Tom Selleck does a, a really good Andy Cohen impression before Andy Cohen was a thing. Yeah. But he acts very much Andy Cohen as like a reporter doing a story on him, Kevin Klein being gay, and going around and actually kisses him and makes him realize he is gay. And that doesn't go over great in the town. His parents, who are his parents? Wilford Brimley. I recognize Wilford Brimley. I can't remember uh, oh, Debbie Reynolds. Oh, really? Yeah. Leo, do you know who Debbie Reynolds is? Nope. Do you know who Princess Leia is? Okay. 
I, it's I know Debbie who. Reynolds is Princess Leia's mother. He doesn't know that it's her mother. He's going to be oh. like, oh, okay, I know Princess Leia. But, <laughs> well, it's not. It's yeah, She yeah. was the famous offspring of this woman and another famous person who you also don't know. You haven't seen Star Wars, so um, remember that episode of 30 oh, Rock? Oh, you've never seen Star Wars? Nope. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, his parents are kind of upset. Everyone's kind of upset. Bob Newhart's kind of upset. He plays the school principal, but they all get over it. I think Bob Newhart is delightful. He is. Every story I've also heard about him seems delightful. He told some story about how when he was telling comedy, he did really well on his first set and everyone applauded. And they're like, no, we want you to tell more jokes. And he's like, I already told you all my jokes though. And they're like, we want you to tell more jokes. He's like, well, which one do you want to hear again? (laughs) (laughs) And then he just retold some jokes. (laughs) I think that's pretty delightful. So, Leo, do you know this person we're talking about right now? No. Okay. Who is it? doesn't matter. The principal? What's his name for real? Bob Newhart? Bob Newhart. Yeah. He was like a weird comedian a million years ago, and then he had some TV shows that were very famous. And one of them, right, should I give away this, the biggest spoiler of all time for the Bob Newhart show, or Newhart, whatever, whichever one it was? He wakes up? Well, that's not the whole thing. I mean, kind of. Who wakes up? Oh, that's in the second one. What do you mean it's in the second one? In the one? first one? No, no, that's in the first one. In the first one, wasn't it that it was all happening in the like active imagination of a seven-year-old autistic boy? No, that was General Hospital or... Oh, really? Something like that. Yeah, Bob oh. Newhart show, which was all a dream. It was just his dream. From Newhart, yeah. from his original TV show, right? They brought back his, the original TV people, and he pretended that the new show was a dream. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Do you think his new TV family were slightly annoyed? No, they were a dream. <laughs> Do you think that the astral place is a real place or a real idea that one can travel to with energy or thought or what have you? Leo? No. No? You said no before I even threw it to Leo. Leo, what about you? I think you can go there. I what? think that Leo is open to the idea that there are scientific things that we don't know and ways that like the brain might work that some people might have more of an aptitude for, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. You don't agree? You don't think that the astral place is real? No, I don't. Okay. I'm going to meet you there tonight. (laughs) Okay. All right. We'll see. Someday I'll convince you. I'll find you there. We'll (laughs) see. What do you think are the odds that I could convince James of this? Or get James to be like, okay, this, this is beyond explanation. You must truly be able to do this. Uh, I think you have a 1% chance of achieving that. And James, what's your guess? Well, the astral plane isn't real, so zero? Okay. All right. Well, all right. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll continue to check in with this idea as the show goes forward. All right. What else happens in this movie? Uh, that's pretty much it. He comes out as gay. The and town is reluctant. And then the principal fires him. And when the school figures out they fired him, they do a whole uh, Spartacus moment. I'm gay. No, I'm gay. No, gotcha. I'm gay. Do you get that, Leo, what that means? A Spartacus moment? Nope. Because Spartacus was gay. Oh, he was? Oh, he was ripped. He had to have been gay. Yeah. No, it's at the Most end of Spartacus, as, as you and everyone knows, everyone pretends to be Spartacus in order to spare Spartacus because they are moved by how amazing a person Spartacus is. everyone's like no kill me instead and they're like we can't win anyway all right so 
So then the guy becomes totally gay. At first, his students are weird. And it is weird that, like, the day after becoming gay in the movie, the next scene, I believe, was he was, like, the coach of some sort of sporting event. And he's like, all right, everybody, we've got to all shower together. Coach, you know, and it's like, I guess some sports do that, maybe, in an old... I- Especially well, if this it's a was small a school. He was doubling as the theater teacher, and he was coaching one of the teams. And he just went into the locker room really quickly to say, "Hey, ten minutes till next game or whatever," and everyone got weird about it. I felt like the dialogue implied that he was like, "Well, now we're all going to shower together like we do every single day." And one of the students was like, "It's weird now. Like it wasn't weird before you were gay, but now it's weird." I was like, "I guess some." coaches and team you know what I mean have like an open showering policy they're kind of like no. gross in a way but I was like I don't, I don't know I took it as like they didn't say anything inappropriate happened but I was just like I don't know how sports work like that at one point I think you had to shower in front of people for athletics right I'm not mistaken for old people people even older than me like I think had to do stuff like that I didn't mm-hmm. same yeah although you probably have had to use some sort of outdoor shower situation at some point right no never mm-hmm Really? Wow, your poverty stories aren't adding up here, (laughs) I've got to say, if you've never used that situation. Or do I know poverty like you don't know? I guess you know poverty like I don't know. You never used that. Maybe if you were camping and cat skills or something. So this movie to me seemed super weird and super bizarre, even though it was from like the 90s and era where you'd think since Ellen is coming out and it's this, it's this national conversation that it's more relaxed, but it seemed to have many things that held up not very well or that seemed a bit bizarre. No? Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like a feel good, very, very mildly pro gay movie for 97. But did you feel good when you watched it? I mean, I it's didn't. hard not to feel something at the I'm gay, no, I'm gay thing mixed with a 80% cringe, but there's a, about a 20% warmth there still. Just the way it's structured, you can't, sure. I can't avoid that. I'm not doubting that the mechanics of storytelling and narrative movies don't work for Hollywood movies. I'm just saying, for the most part, I was like, oh, wow, I forgot what this was like. Whereas, not to brag about what I brought to the double feature, but I was like, when we watched Dog Day Afternoon, which was made in like the 70s, right? They were way more like respectful and like... For those of us not watching, should everyone just like turn their treadmill off or watch Dog Day Afternoon or what? Or Leo, do you want to give it a tell what happens? I'm doing this sort of just to set Leo up because he usually starts on some meandering explanation where he gives so much detail on one specific thing that's not that important. (laughs) Sorry. Is that fair of me? Yes. Okay. Dog Day Afternoon is a movie about a bank heist. And during the course of that bank heist, you find out that the bank heist was planned in order to finance a gender reassignment surgery on the part of the sort of on-again, off-again, long-time romantic interest of the lead of the movie, right? The main bank robber? Prince Humperdinck. The person for whom the at whose behest supposedly the actions take place is played by the same actor that plays Prince Humperdinck in Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. My sister said that she watched the live stream like get together reunion of a Princess Bride and that almost every single person from the movie was there who was still alive except for Fred Savage. And so when it happened, Fred Savage was trending because everyone was like, did he die? Or worse, did he become Republican? <laughs> Well, it's because that other one's Republican, right? Who? Uh, is it the kid from Saved by the Bell? or? Oh, the kid from No Growing Pains. I Growing think. Pains, yeah. Or something like that, yeah. Yeah. But They this... look similar. They. Mm, 
Well, in a very vague way, because they both have white boys with kind of like oval faces and like hair that was like pushed up in that style, right? Hair that was pushed up in the style. Yeah. But they were like totally different in, in many other ways. Fred Savage and Kirk Cameron, you can't, you can't compare them that way. Anyway. I just did. Oh, also who wasn't there? Andre the Giant, Columbo, aka Peter Falk. Who else is dead from that? No, oh, I don't know. From that movie. My anyway. sister was like, everyone was there who wasn't dead. She's like, only Under the Giant and Peter Fox. She, everyone was there. And I was like, was Carrie Elways there? And she's like, yes, of course. What? Because Carrie Elways is the main guy in the movie. You know? Anyway. So this movie, I thought is was... Is he? He's not the title character. He, he, <laughs> fine. Robin Wright, I guess, is the title character. But he plays Wesley. Oh, Wesley. You're like, that's a different Wesley. Yeah, he plays Wesley. She's the title character, and then the implied title character is Prince Humperdinck, right? Because the bride's <laughs> getting married, so... I don't know where they rank. I don't know. All the characters in the book have to do, like, a duel at the end of the book to be like, who's the protagonist? Is that how it works? We were talking earlier about literature. Why? What did we say? Oh, because you're a literature snob. Because I'm a literature snob. But what brought it up? Uh, I think we were just talking about ways in which you were snobby. No, no, no. It was something specific. That we, Leo, do you remember what we were talking no. about? I don't remember what, how I started literature snobbing. Because you yeah. said people would think that oh, because I'm of the this, serious one and you're the silly one. Because of the combination of movies, people would probably confuse people. Because when they meet us, they'd be like, oh, you're the, James is the serious one. This is the silly guy or whatever. And then I wrote this movie from the 70s where they were like very respectful. Like all of the characters that weren't being seen as coarse or goofy were using everyone's correct pronoun and everyone was you know treating everything that they were saying about their motives like very seriously you know yeah the cops did not some of the beat cops were like busting out laughing being like this guy thinks she's a ghoul he's a ghoul or whatever this was a movie directed by Sidney Lumet who is a serious director Leo do you know any other movies he's directed nope he directs movies doesn't he oh I see I think he directed that movie. Oh, wait, no, that's actually, I think, the other guy. Could you check who directed that? <laughs> I think that's the other guy. They shoot horses, don't they? We'll have to double check. Yeah, I, I got it. Yeah. I thought that this movie, like, in some ways, it's a very famous movie from the 70s, and it has, like, Al Pacino in it. Gosh, it must be very strange. I feel like Al Pacino, everyone else I imagine. On... Sydney, the other guy. Sydney Pollock. Got that's it. Sometimes I get these two confused because they're both Sydney directors. Yeah. My bad. What did you think of Dog Day Afternoon, Leo? I liked it, I think. You liked it, you think? Yeah. Okay. I, I like seeing that woman from Kimmy Schmidt there. Oh, right. Carol Kane. Oh, you, yeah. Do you like Carol Kane? Who, me? Yeah. Yeah, she's nice. I think she's fantastic. She's one of those female actors that sort of gets typecast in some ways of being a funny, crazy, or a funny foreign, crazy foreign lady. You know what I mean? Because she seems to play that kind of type a lot. Who else gets cast that way, would you say? Mm. Lily Taylor, is that her name? I think she gets cast as crazy a lot. I can't remember. Anyway. Can mental instability be a brand? Britney Spears. I... <laughs> she's fighting this conservatorship thing now, right? Uh-huh. I don't know. I thought she was lovely. I think we've talked about this before, right? Yeah, she. I think she's great. I think the conservatorship is pretty awful. I think she seems like a sweet person. I told you, I've worked with her on multiple occasions. You're like, you spent two random days with her as a PA. <laughs> you may want to readjust your mic. She's uh, moved she, it away. She's so funny. She's like, she's playing, she's sound engineering. Leonard's actually adjusting the levels and stuff like that. All right. 
I worked with Britney Spears and I've worked with Britney Spears on random. Oh no, we, that came through. You don't need to tell us that story again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying like, no, no, no. Just I'm saying like to to. I think I've said on the show before, like I think I've told the a larger story about how she just seemed like a totally like lovely person, right? So I don't know why they're trying to take anything away from her. Is she even doing anything? Isn't everyone crazy now due to the pandemic? Silence. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> does she still do her shows in Vegas? Does she get let out of her contract, or does is she perform Vegas, to an empty does theater? Does Vegas still exist? Yeah, it does. I mean, I don't mean does the city still exist. I mean, like are they still gambling there? Yeah, gambling must, addicts are, yeah, have an addiction. Right, gambling is fine, but taking away all the people that don't need to vacation in, in Vegas, there's enough slot machines so that everyone can have a slot machine and social distance. Trust me, everyone who's there can have a machine. And be six feet away from someone. Trust me. Yeah. Maybe not where exactly where they'd want to be, because they want to be in a pa- you know what I mean? in a packed, super cool place. But still, there's so many slot machines there. There's no way that they would be able to. You've convinced me. Let's go to Vegas. No, I don't want to go to Vegas. It's horrible. But you just said it's safe. We can go. No, I said that there would be a way for everyone to always be sitting at a slot machine and never have to be sitting closer than six feet to someone. Yeah, exactly. You said it's safe. No, that's okay. Well, we can look later. Let's move on. So I have missed James, buffets. Did you like Dog Day Afternoon, James? I don't really like movies. Yeah, sometimes I feel that way when I watch movies. When I watch a lot of movies, I'm always like, "Gosh, it's weird that movies are a thing." No, is it people love them? People go crazy for them. Then I watch a great movie and like I cry and like I'm like, "Oh, this was the most beautiful thing ever." So I think they exist for that. Yeah. Like, James and I really like words and word games, and we have often talked about our pun philosophies. James, do you want to expand on that? No. Okay, I will. I think that puns are sort of, you bring them to the table just to show that you're sort of, like, quick and paying attention and see if anyone notices it. You want them not to be noticed, you know? And then one out of a hundred is, like, the most crushing volleyball spike in everyone's face that, like, kills the crowd, you know? Yeah. But it's really about the majority being like sort of like subtle and just being like, oh, how delightful yeah. is my personal feeling. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not into movies. I think TV shows are better. I agree. I think I like TV better than movies, but it's I love like, the movies that I love. It's like wh- novels. I read a lot of novels. I enjoy novels. I don't enjoy short stories that much. There are some really good short stories. I'm glad they're there, but like, can't imagine just reading short stories all the time. And you know what I think is the worst of all worlds? Short films. Uh, or like yeah. medium long short films. Like, if someone's like, oh, I've got a short, it's 48 minutes. I'm like, oh, wow. Unless it's like wavelength. <laughs> Unless it's some important thing. I'm like, that's the worst. If it would be like in a there, festival, I can't. There imagine. are poetry in that analogy. Like, you know, there's some good poems, but like, just gonna read poetry? Yeah. Like, ugh. How I, long is this poem? Ugh. I had a poetry teacher. Sorry to all the poets out there. <laughs> but if you were better, we wouldn't be having this conversation. All the poets out there are on it. They're wearing like a white, like boat neck uh, sweater and a beret. And they're snapping one finger and they're running on a treadmill. And they're saying like, wait, what are we talking about right now? Poets? Oh, I had a poetry teacher who would do one poem or two poems really in depth and 
mention everything about the life of the poet that was relevant and paint this compelling picture, this like beautiful, like multi-hued narrative, this thing you couldn't imagine, all the words and like the rhythm and the rhyme and the meter. And then he'd be like, that's it. And like let class go early. And I was like, oh my God, do I love poetry? And then I tried to read some other poems and I was like, no, I love someone who knows so much about poetry explaining a few poems to me. Yeah, you like a novel about that poem. <laughs> oh, he was great though. There's no way he was alive. He was so old back then. He had seen T.S. Eliot speak. Have I told this before? Um, yes. On this podcast? Obviously no, to you, so. uh, but not on this podcast. He had seen T.S. Eliot speak and he told a story where he was like, I saw T.S. Eliot speak and we were like, oh my God, how old like was he or whatever? And he's like, yeah, he was pretty old and I was pretty young, you know? And he's like, we asked him to read Proof Rock, and he's like, no, that would be so pathetic if I did it right now. I think that's such a cool response that T.S. Eliot had, because I think one of the worst things is when musicians get old. No? Mm -hmm. You agree? Yeah. I think disease is probably one of the worst things. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Man's inhumanity to man ranks up <laughs> Man's there. Man's inhumanity to man. Good grief. But aging musicians are sure. Maybe that's the third worst thing. That being said, I want to do a TV show with Madonna because I feel like I'd be like, Madonna, Madonna in the music industry, they're not going to take you seriously right now. You're over 60. You're still ripped, but... Isn't last... she directing a biopic about her own life? Probably. She's great. She could do anything. <laughs> she could I be. wish it would be like an FX miniseries. Ooh, like a Ryan Murphy show? I sure. Liked, yeah, I, I liked really liked, Feud. I liked... I liked The People versus O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Leah? I, 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 I was half paying attention during that. Gotcha. Did you like Johnny Versace? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're okay. Not that compelling, I thought. I thought they all had some good movies. I really liked all the people in the O.J. Simpson one. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dog Day Afternoon is a famous movie because of the director. He directed something else that was famous though, right? But I can't remember. Uh, he made those paintings. No, Sidney Lumet. No, it's not Sidney Lumet. It's that's Jackson Pollock. Si that's Sidney Pollock who did who did They Shoot Horses, don't they? Oh, okay. And Jackson Pollock is the artist that you're referring oh, to. Oh, that's his brother. Yes, yeah, I think they're cousins or something. <laughs> Joan Cusack, I heard a story one time about Joan Cusack, and I was like, oh, that's a weird story. I don't know how true it was, you know. Is this too vague? I'll edit it out, don't worry. <laughs> Thank God. Joan's on her treadmill being like, I wonder what he's talking about. Where? Is that a good Joan Cusack impression? <laughs> no, but you finally nailed Nicole from Big Brother. Oh, you guys. No. I was talking about the other Nicole. <laughs> I bet she listens. That's this more point. Enzo. Hey, I'm Enzo. He says he doesn't want people to call him Meow Meow because Zingba Zingba. Oh, what have you guys been thinking about this season of Big Brother? It's so bad. It's the worst. It's. I like some things about it. But the in triple general, eviction? Triple eviction is going to be fun. I'm very excited for this triple eviction. I hope it's hectic and i hope that everyone as long as the people who are in charge get like knocked out because that's the reason that the show is the worst no one wants to see a grueling numbers game week after week it's like we want to see people like taking power back and if they who don't you want out of the house kevin and maybe david everyone in the house is part of the stupid mega alliance or at least one of them yeah. no one is left except kevin and david well how many people are left eight yeah. It's the committee plus, plus Kevin, Kevin and David. Oh, who's on the block right now? Uh, uh, no, no one, no, no one's one. HH yet. Oh, okay. Who just got evicted? Devon. 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 Uh, I love Devon. I can't believe she doesn't win more. Yeah. She was on the challenge. Would you guys want to watch the challenge? 
I tried. Eh. Well, we tried, but I think that's the kind of show that you have to know someone who's in it that season from another show and be like, oh, it's this person and this person from this thing and this thing. That's why you want to watch. It's like, you know, watching a, a sports thing that doesn't matter. I guess you're like, well, I know some of the people who are playing or maybe sports thing is bad analogy. Who would you guess won the HOH? What was the HOH contest? I don't know, but who would be the worst person to win it? Memphis, obviously. Oh, yeah, that's true. Second worst. Danny. Cody. It's Cody? Cody's Sorry. HOH. He nominated guess who? David, David and, Kevin. and Kevin. Yep. Wow, this is the most boring season. And then who won Power Veto? It's already happened? Yep. Oh. Tyler. Cody. Oh, this is the most... This is the worst. I think I saw on the internet where there someone had quoted... A, like a screen grab and it was cody and having him be like people at home must be so bored of like everything the same people on the block week after week after week oh it was danny being like yeah people must hate us they must really hate the committee they hate our alliance memphis and cody oh memphis and christmas are straight up villains they probably don't like me very much either like <laughs> and the fact that all the white members have just consistently been putting up all the people of color is also so horrible to just see, yeah. see like that right and they took out uh, the extra blonde and nicole first then they went after janelle and caser and then and then it's been the people of color but the people of color went up as pawns before then tyler is the first white man to be on the block mm. straight white man i guess mm. oh no ian went home that's true yeah ian's on his treadmill being like he didn't even remember me I thought Ian got I a safety pass. Because the house straight up told everybody, like, you can't make fun of someone for being autistic. That's not okay. And then they straight up put him on the block and sent him home. Yeah, that was villainous. I feel like if I were Ian, I would enter every conversation by shouting, I beat Dan Giesling. <laughs> wouldn't you? I think anyone who beat Dan Giesling wouldn't do that. But I think you would wow. absolutely wow. do that. If I beat Dan Giesling, it would have been with more style than Ian. I think you do open most conversations with your biggest achievement. <laughs> oh, no. Can't believe Kevin Klein isn't more famous to Leo. But Joan Cusack isn't also. So. Yeah. What else? What would he know Kevin Klein from? From marrying Phoebe Cates. Okay. Who's Phoebe Cates? She was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, and what else? And other stuff. Like what? When you pull up her credits, you'll know at least three things she's in, I promise. I'm not IMDb. I don't have to play these hoops to prove how famous Phoebe Cates is. <laughs> how about this? Phoebe Cates is the kind of famous that every day someone must have been like, you're the first person I masturbated to oh. because she had a famous like nude scene in a very famous like era-defining movie. Like There's Drop Dead Fred or... Private School or Paradise. Drop Dead Fred was, first off, Drop Dead Fred was huge. Rick Mayall from The Young Ones was in it and other stuff. <laughs> Gremlins is, uh, I'll give you Gremlins. Gremlins was also era-defining. I, I gave you Gremlins. franchise. What else is she in? She's in something else huge. Shag, Princess Caribou, Baby Sister, Date with an Angel, Bright Lights, Big City. Bright Lights, Big City was a big movie. Lace 2. I don't know about that one. Lace. Wasn't Bright Lights Big City with, like, Michael J. Fox? Yes. It was, right? Yeah, Michael uh -huh. J. Fox was huge at that moment. Bright Lights Big City was a big movie. And was it, isn't it a, by a famous writer or something like that? I don't know. I think, if I'm not mistaken. It was, like, one of those, like... J. Uh, McEnery's novel. Yeah. He's a famous writer, for sure. He's, like, a novelist. He's a whatever. It was also produced by Sidney Pollock. Oh, cool. 
Did you think that Al Pacino was realistic in Dog Day Afternoon? Um, sure, I think so. I couldn't tell that he was CGI at all. He looked very <laughs> realistic. Does this, like, does this movie seem real to you? Because it's based on a real story, right? Does it seem real to you or what? Yeah. Wasn't there a guy that we did think was CGI recently? What was that in? What TV show was that guy and we were like, my God, he looks like CGI. Months ago, we watched The Irishman. I No. It was like a well, week or two ago. That, oh, a week or two ago? Hmm. Oh, Cobra Kai. Oh, Cobra Kai. That one guy, like the brother-in-law, looked like he's CGI. It looks like he was Mr. Incredible's cousin or something, or like one of the humans from WALL-E. Yeah, he just seems like they programmed him. He doesn't seem like an actual person. And when you're not looking at him, even more so, anyone who's thinking about this who's seen it will be like, oh, I know. And when you see him, you'll be like, oh, he's actually he's actually human. I thought that the first season of Cobra Kai was hilarious. Several times, unintentionally so, or unaware of exactly how hilarious it was being, and several times aware that it was hilarious for XYZ reasons, but, you know. I would strongly suggest that the first season be a watch, almost until the end of the first season, for almost anyone. We've continued on to the second season, and I'm not putting my my seal of approval on this one yet, because it's doing a bunch of things that shows do when they're, you know like a dumb show for kids like it seems like it wants to be about this good versus evil kid gang philosophical this than that but with like karate fighting and this and that kind of like relive the 80s nonsense but when it sort of like forgets how absolutely when it remembers and forgets different ways and how it's absurd that like karate dojos might have had some sort of realistic rivalry or that the stakes would be big for anyone in any way you know well, they brought back the other, like the original, the, the Cobra, original Kai Cobra Kai guy. And like 80% of the reason they did that is so that the main character would be less villainous. Villainous, yeah. Because he has some pretty regressive views that he has gone all in on. And by having this guy be even worse. Like, no, remember I reluctantly did let a woman in after I called her names and like beat he didn't her up a little bit? reluctantly let her in. He tested her medal. She proved his test and she is one of his favorites. One of his favorites and one of his most trusted, starred, and feared pupils. It took like two episodes and, and he only let her in once he realized that she was super wealthy. Wait, I don't necessarily remember that. So I don't know if you're trying to sneak something by me, but I know. <laughs> She's the daughter of like the, some football star, some like really famous football star. And the other kid was like, well, you need to make money here. And like, she's super wealthy. I thought it was because he was like, you're chasing away all of the clients. Whereas the dojo was full yesterday and you got rid of everyone because you're throwing a fit. Not just this one student has money or comes from money. Either way, I think she's a pretty good character. I think she's a good character. Yeah, I like the kids as characters. And I like how kind of muddled the morality is there. It's it's kind of fun. I enjoy that. In a certain way, it seems like an ancient Greek play. Because you're like, oh no, like in trying to keep his daughter away from this person, he's pushing her towards such and such, you know what I mean? Like this other thing that seems even more like cartoonishly like bad for him, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just a funny... Yeah, I, I think if the kids just stopped listening to the adults entirely. I think it is like a brilliant Greek tragedy. If you watch it that way, and especially if you grew up in that era and are familiar <laughs> in with... In ancient Greece? Yes, no, especially uh, if you grew up it, in ancient it, Greece. In the 80s, in an era where 
in an era where Karate Kid was, you know, a cultural touchdown and like where you knew of these things and, and these movies and all the characters, because there's so many things that I'm like, this is not at all interesting if you don't remember Karate Kid. And not even because it's interesting if you do, it's just like even more senseless if you don't, you know. But anyway, the first season of Cobra Kai, almost until the end, I'd say watch it, you know? When you've laughed harder than you think you'll ever laugh again, maybe turn it off and imagine that it was a dream. You woke up and had eaten some bad shrimp or were autistic or something. Whatever happened for Newhart, you know? Yes, he ate some autistic shrimp. That's exactly what happened in Newhart. Man. Do you keep kosher with your meals? Well, I'm on the kosher spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) I do eat some shrimp. (laughs) I put cheese on things, sometimes may or may not be meat, you know. I'm on the spectrum. Leo, are you on the spectrum? Kosher spectrum? Mm-mm. But Leo has a new food thing. Do you want to talk about your... He su- is, he's on the spectrum. He is anti-kosher. He only <laughs> eats shrimp. He only puts cheese on meat. Oh, he does actually love a lot of things that are specifically not kosher. That's true. Yeah, pork. pork. Loves pork. He's given up on a lot of processed meats. There's a new Leo has come to town. Giving up on processed meats. Giving up on dairy milk. Cow's milk, is that what we call it? Yeah. How do you feel with this no cow's milk policy? I feel weaker. You do? Yeah. I feel milk is so so great. Yeah. And we've talked about pigeon milk before, right? Yep. On the show? Yes. Really? I think so. Wow. Or we might have I only have seven it. stories. That's crazy. All right. I think there's an episode titled Pigeon, pigeon milk. milk. That's not true. <laughs> so I think this episode is going to be titled Pigeon Milk. Pigeon Milk, probably. If I have anything to say about it. What were we talking about before we got onto pigeon milk? Don't oh, Leo, Leo being dairy-free. How do you like this no cow's milk idea? Is it making you feel besides weaker? Anything else? I, I, I feel good about eating it. Because it takes up less water emissions and whatnot, you know? Yeah, I guess cows are environmentally bad, right? Yeah. Wow. This episode is brought to you by Leo's Bummer Reality. But you still won't drink tap water. Their tap water smells weird sometimes and tastes funny lots of the time. So instead you drive to a store to buy tap water. It's not tap water. It's (laughs) It's been like filtered in osmosis and stuff like that. In that tiny store next to the dry cleaner, they have advanced water cleaning technology. They have a... They have a machine. Yeah, they have a... They have a Brita filter. (laughs) No, they have machines in the back. Yeah, and we don't have a Brita filter. They have a Brita filter and a white noise machine. When we get the place, I would love it if we had a... Water, like water filtration and processing and water that tastes great out of the sink but it's not going to happen out of here sometimes it smells like red tide that's not a kind of thing where you're like get a brita filter that's a kind of thing where it's like we must acquire water elsewhere it smells like the ocean it seriously smells like a chum bucket sometimes and i'm like i'm just turning on the water how is this possible yeah okay. it's foul it's foul like we can't do it Sometimes we could get away with it, but I'm like, what would we be subjecting ourselves if sometimes it smells and acts up this bad? Why would we want to sometimes do it and be like, oh, today it smelled too much like sewage. Today it tasted too much like pennies. We couldn't drink. We couldn't yeah. use it. We should move somewhere we can afford a house. All right. Well, this is, Listeners, not, this is not a compelling conversation. It'll Listeners, tell now. us where we can afford a house. Oh, well. Go. I guess, that, I guess that's it. person listening in Rabat will be like, oh, man, actually, the apartments that I saw in Morocco were palaces. Mm-hmm. And when I heard how much they were paying for them, I was like, I should get an apartment here. It's, should we move to Morocco? Oh, my gosh. No. no, we shouldn't. Okay, then. We don't speak Arabic. Listeners, we don't speak French. We've ruled out Morocco, so if you have any other ideas. But, but these apartments, I got to tell you, there was this one guy who's renting out an apartment, and it was like 
a beautiful sprawling apartment and then he mentioned something he's like oh that's in my apartment upstairs he was just renting two apartments and it was like the first one was like rambling i was like i can't believe how inexpensive it is and my sister when she wasn't living there she would just continue to rent the place so it'd be there for her speaking of rambling i think that's probably an episode of content cool well if anyone has any last I I I, oh. I had I had I had something that I wanted to say. Good. That's uh, this this is that part of the episode for anything else that we want to catch up on, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Go ahead. Well, I I just wanted to talk about the issue that I had with both of the movies that I I felt like I I had the same complaint about both of the movies that we we were supposed to talk about this episode. What's that? Dog the afternoon and in and out. Both had kind of this thing where, like, it's, like, the idea that, like, someone who is queer doesn't know themselves. Because, like, like, I feel like in Doctor Afternoon, the the trans person was like, oh, yeah, I was acting all crazy. And then I, I went to the doctor and they told me I was trans. And I feel like that and that same thing happens where, like, the guy's like, oh, I don't know, I'm gay. But, like, in reality, I feel like you're the first to know, you know? Sure. I do also think that this showed a much earlier time when just the fact that these ideas were a lot more hidden could have affected different people different ways. Because he, you know, the person who was acting like the most out of line in the whole movie was his wife, right? Mm -hmm. She kept them being like, he was like, I'm on the news right now because I've like held up this bank and like, it's this giant thing. Are you going to come down here? And she's like, no, I can't find a babysitter. <laughs> like, she's just obviously saying stuff that's nuts. Whereas the trans character is like, he's acting crazy. I don't, you know, like he, you just can't reason with him. You know, like the trans character is being like very reasonable. Although I agree with you that that whole kind of like someone, I think that is for like the movie aspect. Yeah. That's for like the movie aspect of it. They're like, we want to kind of explain why X did Y and this and that. Yeah. You know? It was 1975. Trans identity was, still forming they didn't have a lot of the language and experience especially in a mainstream movie yeah when people are referring to things from that era of the 70s the 80s and before and they use the term transvestite sometimes it rankles people and i'm like well i think they might be referring to a specific era where you know that person self-identified as that you know in my head because i feel like there were times when like that would have been like people would have been like i don't know what that is and the person would have been like i am this you know i mean i grew up watching daytime talk shows and like i feel like there was an era back in the 80s when people were like i am this and where they wanted to get more into it sometimes but they were like i choose to do xyz you know yeah as opposed to just being like oh that term is always so hateful and so like hurtful yeah, I think for 1975, pretty compelling. Just treating the queer characters with respect probably shouldn't earn you a lot of points, but it definitely did. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, oh, wow. Because I was like, oh, some of the stuff were probably going to like sound like a record scratch and be like, oh, I can't believe they're doing X, Y, Z. And it was only the characters that were like shown to be coarse who were doing those things. Because sometimes I'm like, you know, it's not like... Yeah, the characters that were just kind of like background normal characters like all the women the hostages and like even most of the cops like the police chief gendered her correctly yeah the, there were like, lots huh. of moments where i was like oh these people seem like very respectful and very cool yeah. well also it wasn't entirely clear what her preferred pronouns were true yeah but they did refer to her as his wife yeah consistently which i thought was good what are some other instances leo where you've seen that where someone's like they told me i was the, like i didn't know myself you know? <laughs> well because i think it does happen you know? well no, i'm, just, I'm like, just thinking like in 1975 this like racist police chief will refer to this person as his wife even though it's not like a legal marriage yeah. but my dad still says 
How's your household going? <laughs> That's funny. Because yeah. well, we were talking about like uh, hateful cops or whatever. Is there another kind? <laughs> when did we talk about this? Did we talk about Midnight Cowboy? No, the the pride thing. Where, where did the pride riot happen at the Stonewall? At Stonewall. Did we talk about Stonewall on the show? No, I don't think it was a pride riot. Pride now happens on the anniversary of Stonewall, like regularly. Though you know what I mean. Yeah, but yeah. So, okay. so like, sure. Just it's like not to say it's a pride riot, but you know, pride. No, <laughs> bad portmanteau. But to be like, you know, when we watched something about it, I don't remember what, and I looked up something, and I was like, oh, it sounded like a horrible place. It was just like they were like it was like some mafiosos owned this bar and they were just like taking advantage of like people of color and like people with like weird queer identities and stuff like that by selling them watered down drinks and like there was like regularly busts and stuff like that yeah and they blackmailed people for showing up at the bar yeah yeah oh yeah like if any like fancy finance people or whatever from new york they're like bust or blackmailing them and stuff like that i was like that sounds horrible but whatever i guess that was the situation what a nightmare huh and that's, like, the place that we're, like, we must celebrate this. I guess it's not the place. You know what I mean? It's, like, the idea behind rioting. All right. So, Leo, are there any other situations where they're, like, oh, you don't know yourself? And, like, I guess there are lots of movies, like, in the documentary we showed. There were lots of things where the person was, like, you know, when I'm in my trans form, I'm a murderer. You know what I mean? I'm a violent thing. Oh, I don't, yeah. I can't stand what I, my mind is. I'm a fractured being, this and that. I was that episode of Psych that was awful. I don't remember the one to which you refer. Oh, where there was a a murder and they thought the murderer was this woman and they follow her everywhere and it turns out it's a man who dresses up as that woman unconsciously at times, like a split personality thing. And it gets complicated and gets no issues of identity or sexuality correct a friend brought up recently that on an episode of veronica mars that was so long ago they like very respectfully had that character that had transitioned and like were using their correct pronouns and stuff like that he was just like he was just like it's amazing to see it and like how well they did it knowing how bad people have stumbled so recently about these things you know right yeah yeah Wow, Veronica Mars, that was one of the best pilots ever. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah? That was like a perfect pilot. That was a really good pilot. Oh my gosh. It was a long time ago. <laughs> no. Right now we're kicking into the song. Right. <laughs> if only. What are some other great pilots? Because pilots are usually one of the worst episodes in the show. You kind of are just like, pilot is someone just give, like showing you a photo of the show or a map of the show, you know? I really liked the pilot for Trophy Wife. I think that's the only sitcom I've been like the pilot might be the best episode you know what pilot is sort of like imagine if you were like oh i'm an architect i love homes and then someone's like oh i like i only like blueprints <laughs> to look at a blueprint because that's what a pilot is right it's like a, yeah well trophy wife is it's like an ensemble comedy yeah. it's got a bunch of characters oh yeah and so pilots for those tend to be really busy yeah because you have to introduce all the characters you want to use sometimes when they're so packed like that and they feel like the screws are so tight i'm just like i can't help but focus on the artifice by knowing that every single moment is so jam-packed i'm just like you know like i'm getting a toothache here right like what was that show we watched recently semi-detached the one with lee mack that british show uh where it seemed like so unimportant even though the most important stuff was happening yeah it had like 97 plot points i was like it's all situation no comedy like it was ridiculous how much was going on in that and there were no jokes 
I couldn't even remember if there were jokes or not. I think that some of the stuff, because sometimes one is like, oh, that is quite an amusing pickle that is happening to these people. So the sort of like, but you, you know, don't even get to like sit in that pickle because something else happened. Like it was just constantly going like at a million degrees. Like there was like marital strife. There was uh, someone having a baby. There was someone getting his thumb cut off. There was a it, car getting towed. If I had to there suggest was... a double header for this, it would be what are we talking about right now? Best pilots, worst pilots. No, but what specifically would semi-detached semi-detached starring lee mack as a double header with tarkovsky's stalker <laughs> from the 70s obviously okay to show how like it could seem like nothing is happening and it is the most tense beautiful thing ever and everything could be happening like at one point the wife was like started giving birth and the baby is like comes out and is like doing tricks you know like, <laughs> I was like, the baby's now like joined the flying Walendas or something. I was like, turn it down a notch. You know? Yeah. Whereas Trophy Wife like effortlessly introduced everybody and incorporated them and had kind of like a warm sometimes message the, at the sometimes end. Sometimes they're really like beautiful and artful the way they work so well together. Yeah. But obviously that's also not why I personally and I think why most people like to show. You like a show because you're like, oh, I want to see them in a million situations because I love them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I felt like you got a strong read on, like, who each character is, how they interact with all of each other, and especially the main characters, and it's like, and what the kind of tensions are going to be going forward. Like, oh, she's going to struggle, but slowly earn the kid's respect. Oh, the ex-wife is going to hate her. Oh, the other ex-wife won't hate her, but will be jealous of her occasionally. Oh. I have a character in a pilot that I've written in, it's actually in, uh cool beans where the sergeant the desk sergeant is this like latino cop who explains all the plot points and his last name is exposito like as if, as if it's some sort of latin last name but it's just because he gives exposition and it'll just be like oh well the sergeant he's a real mean guy you're not allowed to bring this up with him definitely don't do this this guy's gonna be watching you for this you know <laughs> hopefully you'll get this sorted before 3 p.m because this is happening you know just to like set everything up and it's kind of funny because he's just like always giving away information you know and his name's exposito because you know i like nerdy jokes right yeah Ooh, we did a trivia today that was nerdy a trivia how do you think we did on it so so how would you say we did on it compared to our overall nerdiness factor i don't know what our nerdiness factor is an average of how nerdy we all are based on the average of when you like let's say but like what do you mean by nerdy would your friends say we're nerdy No, No. but my friends are super nerdy. That's what I'm saying. I think everyone at work would call me super nerdy. They'd call you super nerdy, but then in a world of super nerds, like, they would be like, oh, no. Well, I also work in ed tech, so that's... I'm just saying, I feel like we seem nerdy in some groups and not nerdy in other groups. Yeah. How do you feel we did, knowing how deep nerdiness goes? Well, also the nerdiness in the quiz is a little bit different as well. This being the third iteration of like how of the nerdy jokes. True. True. true, true it was true. kind of broad. There was which I like. I like it being a broader definition of how nerdy and it's not all like obscure sciencey things because I think we really didn't enjoy the last nerdy jokes one. And well, I specifically think that nerd joke means a joke that you can sort of put together the mechanics of and you're like, "Oh, okay, I get it. Ha ha. Like you made me think, so it's smart, it's nerdy or it's about a niche topic or you know what I mean? It falls into one of those categories during the mechanics of its ha- you know what I mean, of its being itself, you know what I mean? Yeah, like you need to know a specific thing and you have to look it up. You have to do work to understand what the joke means. Not even look it up, but just, so I'd say like you think about it and you're like, Oh, I know, you know. Yeah, you're like, like the one was... RDRR. 
RDR squared, RDR laugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's one is like it was a map of Africa with all the different countries in green except for one, and it's blank. And, and it you're was like, like oh, it was a to go Togo. It was a chart showing you what percentage of the map you were supposed to dine in at the restaurant and what percentage of the map you were supposed to blank. And the answer is have your food to go. So Togo, right? It wasn't. It was just a map when the key was green countries are for here and then. Dining it was a tiny here. little but dining for here. You're you're omitting the fact that it was like food related because Togo they're like to go where whatever. You I, know I what don't I think, think is... of the word dining. I can look it up. I like one of those nerd jokes where it's it's a pie chart and it's the percentage of pie that looks like Pac Man and the percentage of pie that doesn't. <laughs> it's just look. It looks like Pac Man. <laughs> right. Okay. It says to dine. No, I didn't look it up. I got distracted. No, you looked it up. No, I didn't. I had this friend that when someone would be like. Because also this was in the era before, like, everyone had everything on their phones. When someone would be like, no, I know this is right. I'm going to look it up and prove you wrong. When they'd look it up and then try to get out of it, he'd always be like, oh, I'm curious. I noticed that you looked it up. What did you find out? Because I also looked it up. And he would, like, rake them across the coals. It was so much fun. (laughs) A restaurant order preferences in Africa. For here, everything's green. And then Togo is in purple. Well, well, restaurant. I think dining and restaurant are in the same word category. So, but whatever. You were right, though. Dining was not included in the words. But restaurant. You didn't also didn't say restaurant or eating or meal or anything like that. All right. So, Leo, any other problems with Dog Day Afternoon or any other things that you thought were cool about Dog Day Afternoon? Oh, another famous thing about Dog Day Afternoon is that one of the actors in it was very famous, married to Meryl Streep, and was only ever in four movies that were each, like, nominated for awards, right? Did you think he was a good actor or you were just like, he was just the guy? He got shot. Wow. Someone at home might not have seen Dog Day Afternoon. They never said the title line, which I always think movies should say the title line of the movie. He did. Uh, The news, the guy was like, on this dog day afternoon. I actually don't know if that's true or not. I'm just saying saying it to see if I could sell it. I don't think. But I don't remember if it did specifically or not. But I don't know that it does specifically doesn't. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. I was listening for it. I thought because it was one of those movies where there was background radio news jabber about the events that were going on and or like a newspaper headline that they referred to in that way. But I might be wrong, you know. And there were zero dogs, not, not even any police dogs. There were no dogs. dogs. I didn't see any dogs. Wow. Wow. I said dogs. Were you it was set mostly movie? in the afternoon. It was set I in a dog park. <laughs> they, were, they were robbing a dog store. A fancy collar shop. Yes, it exists. A collie shop? Collar. Just dog collars? Anyway, we're not giving them free ads. I'm cutting this out of here. Is there anything else to discuss? I think that's it, right? Yeah. I think we're good all right well that was it as always you can find us not really on social media but leo is gonna take over our instagram and twitter yep. and he is gonna start letting you into the mind of an actual talk star because before that i was just doing it willy-nilly because i was like you know whatever and i feel like it'll be better this way you know yeah Twitter's weird i agree okay well thanks for listening bye 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 Thank <laughs> you.